So my name's Karina and I'm going to be speaking today all about the theme of remembering um, because obviously it's Remembrance Sunday and it just seemed really appropriate to stick with the theme of remembrance and remembering. And I'm going to start this morning by asking you at home to have a little think about your earliest childhood memory. What was your earliest childhood memory? If you want to put it in the chat, go ahead, put it in the chat. Um, or you can just take time on your own to have a little think about your earliest childhood memory. And I'm going to give you about 10 seconds to do that. Okay, so I'm sure you've had a little think. Um, and the thing about childhood memories, or any memory, is that they're not just things that happened in the past. They often evoke all sorts of emotion. They can evoke um, a physical feeling. They can, they're very sensory. My earliest childhood memory, um, just to kind of help you think about yours, is when I was in India, I was three years old, and my mum took me to India, because obviously my grandparents lived in India. I'd never seen them before. Um, since I'd been born and my mum wanted to take me over to meet my grandparents and for them to meet me. Um, and I was three, which is very young to have a memory. And the only memory I have is being on a really crowded bus in India. And if any of you watching this have been to India, you'll know what I'm talking about. And when you're on the bus and it's, it's really crowded and I, there were sounds and smells and, and I was sitting quite high up and somebody gets, walks along the side of the bus. It's the equivalent of services really. Um, and it's like a toilet stop. People go to the toilet, get back on the bus. And he was called a chaiwala, which is someone that brings tea, chai. And he'd have these cups that were made out of clay, clay pots, effectively. And what would happen was he would go up and down the side of the bus shouting, chai, chai, chai. And people would put their hands out of the window and buy tea. And then you drink the tea. And then you, you get the cup at the end, because obviously what you do with the cup at the end, and you throw it out the window and it smashes on the floor. And I suppose at the end of the day, these guys would collect up all the bits and then remake new pots. And it was a really clever way of recycling quite a long time ago. And, um, and that's my earliest memory. And it's not just a story that I talk about. I can remember it. I can remember the sound because I was allowed to break the pot. I was able to throw it out the window at three years old. I remember hearing the smash. So memories can evoke lots of things. When we think about memories, we think about the fact that memories can have all sorts of meaning for us. And when God says, remember in the Bible, he means more than just thinking, oh yeah, you know, he means more than when I sometimes go upstairs to get something and forget why I went upstairs and then I have to come back down again and then to remind myself and then go back up. That's not what God means when God says remember. And if we go to the next slide, Brian, thank you, hopefully, um, the next slide kind of helps you to think a little bit about that. Today is all about remembering. It's about taking some time to think about what does God want us to remember? So in the Bible, when God uses the word remember, there's lots of times where there's a verse, in fact, in Genesis chapter 8, where um, God remembered Noah, it says. And I think it's really interesting because you think, did he suddenly go, oh, yeah, Noah, oh, there's a flood going on. I've forgotten there was a flood. I don't think that's what God meant when, he, when it says God remembered Noah. What it actually means is in the Bible, when, when it says God remembered, it's actually a Hebrew word called zakar, which means to bring someone to mind and then act on their behalf. And in the Bible, when the word remember is used, nearly always it means that. It doesn't mean that you go, oh yeah, I remember. It actually means that you bring something or someone to mind and then you act on their behalf. That's what remembering means to God. When God says remember, he isn't saying just take a moment and think back. He actually means do something about it. And we're going to be looking today at three commands from God to remember. 
and what he meant by those three commands. So if we go to the next slide, Brian, thank you. The first one is perhaps very familiar to all of us. It says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And I'm sure um, you've heard many talks about the Sabbath being very important. You've read books about the Sabbath. Um, and I think it's a really interesting one because it's very easy to go, oh yeah, I know what that means. That means I need to rest. It's really important to make time to rest. But I actually think it's more than that. And, I, and when I started thinking about this talk today, I really got thinking about, well, what is the context for each of these remembers? What, what is God really saying? So if we go to the next slide, and there I've taken the verse from the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, um, and I'm just going to read it to you um, in this translation, which, sorry, is a bit different, but it, it was bigger print, so I could see it better, and I think I might need glasses. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, remember to keep the Sabbath holy, Work and get everything done during six days each week. But the seventh day is a day of rest to honour the Lord your God. On that day, no one may do any work, not you, your son or daughter, your male or female slaves, your animals or the foreigners living in your cities. And then we often stop, don't we? And we go, right, we need to rest. But I'm going to carry on and read the next verse because I think it's really important. The reason is that in six days, the Lord made everything, the sky, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. On the seventh day, he rested. So the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And I think that's really, really important. I think it's important reading it in the context of where it is. Because if you look at the Ten Commandments in order, what you realise is that this is the fourth commandment of ten. And the first three are all about God, all about don't have any other idols, that God is God, God is great. Then you've got this commandment, and then the next one is honour your father and mother. And then the, the next ones are all about how you look after each other, so don't kill, don't commit adultery, etc. And I think it's really interesting, when you start looking at the order, do we think that God meant that the first three were all about God, and there's one about us looking after ourselves, and then we go back to start thinking about our parents, and then we start thinking about other people. And I think maybe this commandment is also about worshipping God. It's about actually saying, I am your creator. What God, I think, is really saying here is, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, not because you need a rest, because, well, you do, but actually it's bigger than that. Actually, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy because actually I am your creator and I am much bigger than you think. So if we just go to the next slide, Brian, just for a moment. And... I think what God was saying was, I created this whole universe. And I think for the Israelites living at this time, their lives were busy, much busier than ours. We think we're busy. You know, they didn't have dishwashers and washing machines. If they wanted to do something as simple as make mashed potato, I don't think they made mashed potato, but if they did, they would have had to walk two miles to a field to get the potatoes out of the field and then walk back. And I'm not going to go through how to make mashed potato. I, I think you know. Um, but, but the point is that he... They had to do so much more for very basic things that we do quite easily today. So when God was asking them to rest, and their families to rest, and their servants to rest, and everybody around them to rest, I think what he meant was this, in the monotony of daily life, in the things that we do over and over again without thinking, whether that for them might have been digging a field, or, or cooking, or cleaning, 
In the middle of all of that, recognise that I am God. I created this universe. Get some perspective and realise that actually you are just part of a much bigger story. You're, much, you're just part of something that's much greater and much bigger than all that you can even see around you. So your day-to-day is important, but actually God is bigger. I am bigger than you realise. And I suppose right now in our current situation where we've just gone back into lockdown, we're in the middle of this world pandemic, um, it's very easy to get caught up in the monotony of the news every day and getting through each day, where's my mask and do I need to be two metres away from this person? Have I washed my hands? And actually, I think what God is saying to us right now is remember me as being your creator in the middle of all the monotony of every day. Remember that I am still God. And that you might think that right now this is awful, and it is, you know, let's not distract from that. But actually, I am still God and you can worship me. And what I'd like to do, even in the middle of this talk this morning, is to take three minutes now to do that. And we're going to watch a little film clip, which will just help us to focus on the fact that in the middle of all that's happening around us right now, God is still God. Thank you, Brian.
Wow. I think it's just, it just makes you realise that actually we are so insignificant in this creator God's world. And we'll come on to what that means for us today. But I think it's so important just to take that time to say, yes, God, you are the creator of this world, both big and small, and the universe that is still expanding. You are in control and you are God. And I think just taking time to do that is what God was saying. He was saying, I am your creator. Worship me in the monotony of every day. As you put one foot in front of the other, remember that I am still God and do it really actively. The second remember that Jesus, that God talks about in the Bible, and actually Jesus does too, but we'll, we'll stick with the Old Testament for now, is this. Remember how the Lord your God led you. There's lots of examples of this in the Bible where God over and over again says to the Israelites, remember, remember how I led you out of Egypt. Remember how I led you out of the wilderness. Um, and we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 8 for this one. Um, and there's a verse from that on the next slide. Um, And I'm not going to read all of it to you, but I'm going to start from verse 11 and just read a little bit to you. And I just want you to take a moment because I think this sort of links into the bit at the start where I was saying, think of your childhood memory, because it's very physical. It's very sensory in the way that God talks about about their journey. Be careful not to forget the Lord your God so that you fail to obey his commands, laws and rules that I'm giving to you today. When you eat all you want and build nice houses and live in them, when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, when you have more of everything, then your heart will become proud. You will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt where you were slaves. He led you through the large and terrible desert that was dry and had no water, and and that had poisonous snakes and stinging insects. He gave you water from a solid rock and manna to eat in the desert. Manna was something your ancestors had never seen. He did this to take away your pride and to test you so things would go well for you in the end. You might say to yourself, I am rich because of my own power and strength, but remember the Lord your God. It is he who gives you the power to become rich, keeping the agreement he promised to your ancestors as it is today. So when God says, remember how I led you, he's not talking, he's not asking them to say, oh yeah, I remember, yeah, we, yeah, we, we went through the wilderness, yeah, we lived in Egypt, yeah, it was hard, yeah, we were slaves, but actually... What he's saying is, this is not a history lesson, this is memory, and there's a big difference between history and memory. I remember when I was at primary school, we had a war veteran come in for armistice to talk to us about what it was like during the war. And it was, it was fascinating. I remember up until then, we'd had lessons on poppies and armistice and remembering the history. But when a person actually came in and said, and this is what it was like, and this is how cold it was, and this is what we had to do to get food, and this is what, what every day going to school looked like, it totally changed my perspective of what happened during the war because it became a memory and it stopped being history. And there's a big difference between those two things. And I think that what God is saying here is, don't let the story become history. Don't let your story, my story, become history. Let's take time to remember actively what God has done in our lives, how God has been faithful to each one of us. One of my favourite types of services are baptism services. And apart from the excitement of the water, I think the best thing for me in a baptism service is the testimony, because people get up and they tell their story. They talk about their journey of faith and I think there's something so profound about that story because it's personal and it's a memory and it's it's physical and it's sensory and and it sort of evokes lots of emotions for them and for the people that are listening because it's not history it's personal 
And I think that is what God was saying. I think God was saying, remember, but don't remember passively. Remember actively about what God has done for you. So if we have the next slide, please. Thank you, Brian. So right now, you and me might feel a bit like we're in a wilderness, very similar to what the Israelites were going through. It's very, this lockdown and this pandemic is very much like being in a wilderness. We don't know when the end is going to be. We don't know how long this is going to carry on for. The second song that we sang today was all about how long, how long. And actually, what God is saying, when God was saying, remember, what he was actually saying was, I am with you and I am faithful. I have been with you. And I will be with you, and I am with you today, as you put one foot in front of the other and you walk this wilderness, as we walk through each day of lockdown, as we walk through each day of this pandemic and the next few months, God is saying, I am with you. And I think what he's saying is, remember my faithfulness, because then you will be full of faith. Remember what I've brought you through, and that will carry you to where where you're going in the future. So the action from this is to make memories, to take the time to remember and to look back at what God has done, and to document it. So that, in a very practical way, for some people, it might be keeping a journal or going back and saying, yeah, God has done these things for me. For others, if you're not really a writer, I'm not really a a journal keeper, it's just looking, sometimes it's looking through your phone and looking at photographs from maybe things a few years ago, or looking at photograph albums and saying, gosh, yeah, God was faithful, and I can see it in that moment. Maybe print those pictures out and put them around your house to remind you of the faithfulness of God and say, actually, yeah, God was faithful, and I remember that moment in my life, and it was very, and sort of make it a real memory so that it's not just something that happened in the past because we can all think of times when God has done things for us that we just didn't expect or where God has faithfully carried us through situations that were really difficult. It might be that you need to look at your Bible and memorise some verses or you know just take some time on your own to say yeah that verse really spoke to me and it's a verse that I just need to keep with me every day and perhaps write it out or do some artwork or whatever but I think be really active in how we choose to remember the faithfulness of God so that it isn't history and it becomes really practical. The next type of memory or remembering is one that we know so well. We, we say it, we quote it very often. And it's when Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And I think this is perhaps the, the most important one for us as Christians. It's very famous, it's well used. We see it written on communion tables, we hear it read out during communion. But I want to, again, to take a moment and to think about the context of this verse. So if we just have the next slide. And on this slide it says, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And we hear it quoted, I bet most of us will be able to say it ourselves, we've heard it so many times. But what was Jesus really saying? And when I, again, I was thinking about this for today, I suddenly realised, and you probably have all thought this already, but he said this before he died, before he'd been betrayed, he said this while he was just sat around having a meal with the disciples. So nothing had actually happened yet. He hadn't, it was before. And yet he's saying, do this in remembrance of me. And he's taking the bread and he's telling them that, yes, his body's going to be broken and, and he's, going to, he's going to be betrayed and he's going to die. But at that point, he was just eating with them. And I think what he was doing was having a Passover meal. And the Passover meal, interestingly enough, is a memorial meal. It's a meal that they have to remember, to remember how they were brought out of Egypt, to remember how God saved them so miraculously when they left Egypt. So they are already remembering, they're doing what we've already been talking about. They're remembering very physically what God has done for them and how faithful he is. But Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And what does that mean? And if we just go to the next slide, 
I think, this is my view, and I think what I think he, he means at this point is something quite powerful. And I think that's why when he said, do this in remembrance of me, he wanted us to think about this every time we break bread together. And when you think of the crucifixion and you think of Jesus dying on a cross, even in this picture here, Jesus' cross is much bigger than everybody else's. And, and there's, we always talk about, about being this, this we don't glamorise it, that would be the wrong word to use, but I think we talk about the crucifixion in quite an interesting way. But in reality, when Jesus died on a cross, he died as a common criminal would die. He died and he, he put aside every bit of power, every bit of authority, and he was God. You know, he had so much, and yet he put it all aside. And I think what Jesus was saying when he said, do this in remembrance of me, was that he was talking about living as people who have been rescued, living as people who are gracious, living in humility. When he ate that meal with them at that table, he ate that meal as an equal, not as, as someone that was more superior than them. He ate it with them as an equal. And actually, he, I think that is what he was doing and saying through all of his time on earth. If, you think, if, you, if, you, if you've got time after today, go back and read the Gospels. And it's peppered throughout in so many situations where he says, actually, I want you just to be the same. I want, I want there to be an equality. I want you to realise that actually I have saved you, but you're not better than the next person. Think of the prodigal son and the older brother. Think of the unmerciful servant. Think of, there's so many stories in the Bible where you suddenly go, oh, how, how unfair was that? Was that fair? Was that not fair? And what Jesus is saying is actually, by breaking this bread, I am telling you that you are all the same. We're all saved in exactly the same way. And I think when Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me, what he means is, as Christians, realise that we're all saved the same. Nobody is better than anybody else. And I think as Christians, we get that wrong the most. I know I do it, where we think, actually, you know what, I'm saved now, so I can go and help other people. But I think what Jesus is saying is that don't ever forget that we're all saved, and we're all saved the same. And we, that does not give us the right to be judgmental towards other people. It doesn't give us the right to say... Actually, I know how to help that person because I know. But actually, no, it's Jesus who's the one that saves. It's Jesus is the one that rescues. So I think that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, do this in remembrance of me. And every time you, we have communion together, we're to be reminded of that. Because I think he knew. I think he knew that once we started realising we were forgiven, we wouldn't be able to help ourselves to start thinking that we could fix everybody else. But actually, what he's saying is, no, every time you take communion, remember that you're no better than anybody else, but it's, you're, only, you're only saved by my grace. And I think that's what he's saying. You're saved by my grace. So to finish then, um, being a good teacher, I've got a closing slide. Look at this. Hopefully Brian will have this slide, which brings it all together, I hope. He's not got it now, have he? Brian, have I got one more slide? <laughs> no, it's gone. It's gone. I'll carry on anyway. Oh, it's coming. One more. Sorry, Brian, one more slide. Thank you. So I hope you can see that. So basically, these are the three remembers. The first one is remember the Sabbath. And through that, what God is saying is, I am bigger than you could ever imagine. And the action for that is worship me. Take time in the monotony of daily life to worship. The second command from God to remember is remember how I led you. And what does he mean by that? He means I am always faithful. And the action from that is turn your history into memories. Take the time to go back and say, yes, God was faithful. 
And the last one is do this in remembrance of me. So Jesus commands us to do this. Do what? To break bread together in remembrance of him. But why? Because what he's saying is I am gracious to all, to all. And what does that mean for us today? It means let's put all our pride aside. Let's not try and think that we're better than anybody else. But let's act with grace and humility because we are rescued the same as everybody else. Shall we pray? Creator God, we thank you that you are bigger than all that we could think. We thank you that in the middle of all that's happening right now, you are still God and we worship you for being with us in this situation. We thank you also for all the ways that you have led us in the past. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your guidance. And we can all think of times in our lives when you have been there and you have carried us through situations. And Lord, it's because of that that we know that in this current situation, we can trust you. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to see ourselves as rescued in every situation. We pray that you would help us not to be proud but to remember that you are a gracious God and you love all freely. Help us to be channels of that love to those around us. Help us to be um, reflectors of your light to people every day that we meet. In Jesus' name, amen.